Welcome, brothers and sisters, this evening also as we come here in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for each and every person here this evening. May God bless you. May you continue to grow in your faith each and every day as we continue to follow him, as we continue to seek his will in our lives and all the things that we do. I just want us to go back in time a little bit and imagine this woman that we're going to be talking about a little bit tonight. In John chapter 7, verse 36, called Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. 7 verses 36 through 51. And as you turn into those passages right there in your Bible right now, I want us to go back and think about this woman. Jesus has been invited to the house of a Pharisee. And as he is there, as he gets ready to eat there with the Pharisees, it says in verse 37, A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. Now I don't want you, I just want you to think about what's going on in this woman's life. What has she been going through? What has led her to this point that when she hears of Jesus and where he is, that she has a motive of wanting to go to him. Now we can think about it and all the different things it could be. And we can even understand that when the Pharisee sees her there at their house and she's crying and she's wiping him with his tears and that she's kissing him and then as she is also uh, in this process anointing him with oil. All of these things that are happening and going on, the Pharisees are seeing this happening and they're saying, well, if Jesus really was truly a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is. So perhaps she already had a reputation where she was at also. But what I want us to think about a little bit before we get talking about the women who walked with Jesus I want us to think about this sinful woman and what was it on her heart that led her to Jesus. And I want us to think about how she was unashamed to go to Jesus. It's evident that she was a sinful woman. It's evident that it says that she was a sinful woman. Of course, we're all sinful, but a lot of times we get the intuition, the intonation that we're understanding that this woman has done things that people knew about. Not only privately, but also publicly. And when she hears of Jesus, perhaps all those years of those things that she has done has weighed on her heart, has weighed on her mind. And have you ever done that? Have you ever done something wrong that just weighs on your heart that you can remember and you can think, man, I have really messed up. I have sinned. I have done something that has not pleased the Lord. And you feel shamed for it. And you feel shamed to the point of what am I going to do about it? And when we hear this woman at this point and she's thinking about her life and the things that she has gone through and how she is a sinful woman to herself as well, she hears of Jesus. And what does she do? She lives unashamed to go to Jesus. Now, as she's doing these things and as she's talking about it here in verse 38, as she stood behind, beside, behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. It's kind of funny that the Pharisee knows so much about this woman as well. Perhaps the woman who got caught in adultery, the Pharisee knew a little bit too much about as well also. But as we see here, that she is a sinner. And Jesus answers and asks him this question. Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Another parable, a short one right here. He says, 
Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus says, Simon, you have judged correctly. Good job. And then listen what Jesus says here. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus says to her, Your sins are forgiven. Now I want us to think of the very first reason. Why is that woman going to Jesus? Because she understands that Jesus is love. And she understands that she is a sinner. And she understands that the only solution to her sin can be going to Jesus. Going to his feet. Bowing down before him, as it says here, when Jesus answers here, your sins are forgiven. I want us to think about this woman and what she was willing to go through to go to Jesus at that place. Imagine, she hears about what's going on. She runs to the Pharisee's house, runs in. All of a sudden, even no matter who the people are around them, And she didn't matter what the others said. Well, isn't this a sinful woman? Hasn't she done all of these kinds of things? Well, maybe I shouldn't go in there to talk to Jesus because if I go there, people may talk about me. You know what? We don't want people to feel that way, do we? We want people who are sinners, who know they're sinners, we want them to come to Jesus. And we want them to come to Jesus to the point that if they come here, To us and say, hey, I have lived a sinful life. The very first thing in our hearts is not to look at her and say, well, Kathy, that woman there is a very sinful woman. No. We want to have the mind of Christ. But the very first thing is the woman was not ashamed to come to Jesus no matter what other people would say. A lot of people may be ashamed. And not want to come to Jesus because they might think, well, I might not be able to get to him. Or I'm too scared. Don't be scared to come to Jesus. And it says another thing here also when it says, Jesus says your sins have been forgiven. It says, because she loved much. You know what? There's a lot of hurting people. Have any of us ever messed up? Have any of us done things that we know that do not please the Lord? God wants us to run to him. God wants us to run to him. If we think about Tim, he's been talking about the prodigal son. And he talks about the son who went away. And he's coming back. When he's coming back, the father runs to him. Jesus is wanting us to run to him, to run into his arms. And he's saying, I'll take you and I'll mold you and I'll forgive you. And then you can live a new life. And when we think about the women who walked with Jesus and the women who were in the gospel stories about Jesus... We can see what Jesus and how he acted and reacted with them. We think of the woman who was caught in adultery. 
And Jesus, as he lays down there and writes whatever he writes on the ground, all of us want to know. Maybe one day he'll tell us, okay? What did he write on the ground? And then all of the men began to leave from the older to the younger. He who has no sin cast the first stone. And nobody was there. And it says, at the end of it, only Jesus and the woman are there. And Jesus says, where are those who condemn you? They're not here. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Wow. But did he have an impact? But this one thing, go and leave your life of sin. Jesus forgave that woman, did not condemn that woman, but said, go and leave your life of sin. He gave her the opportunity to live different. He gave her the opportunity of a second chance to live different than the way she was living. And this woman, this sinful woman at this moment, at this time when she comes to Jesus, has been given the opportunity to live again. Amen. You can live again. You can live a new life that is in Christ Jesus. You can say goodbye to the old life that did not have Jesus, where you lived in sin and did the things that are not of God. But in these verses here, we start to see how Jesus loved women and how he used women in a way to glorify the Father and how he used them to set, use them as an example for us. When Jesus is with the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, and he asks for a cup of water. And she says, what are you doing asking me a woman, especially a Samaritan, to be doing this for you? Even to the point that when his disciples come back, they're going to say, that was strange. Jesus was talking to a woman at midday. And according to a tradition, a woman who would go at midday was a woman that was not welcome when other women were around because of a sinful kind of life as well. And Jesus says, Go call your husband. And he says, she says, well, I'm not married. And he says, yes, you're right. You have already had five husbands and the man you live with now is not your husband. And Jesus says, and she says, this is surely the prophet. I am the resurrection and the life. And this woman's life will be changed to the point where she's going to tell people, I want you to know somebody who knows everything about me. Women, do you feel like men don't understand you? All of us here? Okay, I'm seeing some faces. Okay, okay. Man, you know, you get men are from men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? Is that how it goes? The books and all those things? Whatever they say, we're different. But I want you to know Jesus understands you. He understands women and he understands men as well. He understands us completely. He understands what temptation is. But yet... When he was tempted and he suffered with temptation, he did not sin so that he can help us who are in temptation. Jesus understands us. He understood these women and the things that they went through and the things that they were doing in their lives. And I want us to think about three things that this woman did in her life that we can do in our lives. What can we do to be like this woman and the things that she showed in her In her example that she left for us, if we look in verse 44, it says, then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she met my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. The very first thing I want us to do is that we need to invite Jesus into our house correctly. 
We need, as we say here, we must welcome Jesus properly. It's one thing to say, I love Jesus, I know Jesus. It's another thing to say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Because when we really and truly mean that and say, Jesus, I want you in my life, that means I've got to be willing and ready to be transformed. I need to let the mind of Christ rule in my heart, not the mind of the flesh. I need to let my mind be on things above and not on things below because I want to invite Jesus into my life. Welcome him. Welcome Jesus properly. Imagine going and saying, Jesus, truly, I want you here with me. Jesus, truly, as this woman was wiping your feet, showing that just as it was a gesture of kindness to the person coming, anybody who would walk would do this. The Pharisee neglected to do this with the Lord. And perhaps he thought, well, Jesus won't even know and won't even make a difference because anyway, it doesn't really matter to him because he's not one of us Pharisees. Surely he's not a prophet. But Jesus, even in the details, was able to tell this man, you didn't welcome me into your house. But this woman has welcomed me into her life. Not only did she wipe his feet with her tears and her hair, her, his feet with her hair, with her tears. It says, this woman, you did not give me a kiss, kiss to the Pharisee, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. Okay? Well, what does that have to do with us? Am I going to tell you to go kiss somebody's feet? No. Okay? But what that means is, this woman has not stopped kissing my feet. Means, as it would at that time, sincerely wanting Jesus into our lives. Sincerely wanting it. Do you remember what happened when Jesus was in the garden? And when Judas comes to him during the night, and when Judas comes to the night, he kisses him. And he says, you betray the Son of Man with a kiss. Because a kiss represented love. A kiss represented relationship. A kiss represented all that was good. Proverbs twenty-two sixteen says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. Okay? Jesus saying... You have dishonored me with your kiss on the lips. It was not sincere. And this woman, with all of her, in all that she is, is saying, I want you with all my heart, Jesus. Sincerely, honestly, each and every moment, Lord God, come into my life, transform me. I want you, Lord. And I want you to come into my life to the point that things are going to change so that I can even do one other thing for you, Lord. First of all, Allowing Jesus into our lives. Second, allowing and saying, Jesus, sincerely and honestly, with all that I am, I want to live for you and I want to be like you, Lord. And just as he talks to this woman here, he says, you did not put oil on my head, Simon, but she has poured perfume on my feet. We must honor Jesus for who he is. We must honor Jesus for who he is. He is Savior. He is Lord. He is king of kings. He is everything to us. And as this woman shows here in this very moment, in all that she's going on and all that's happening, not only that I want to welcome Jesus and I wanted to welcome him sincerely, but Jesus, I want to honor you. God, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ. Liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. Amen. Galatians. Okay. I kind of said that fast because I remember the song. Okay. (laughs) Being crucified with Christ. It is no, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Jesus. May you be honored in my life. From every day forward and all that I do. May you be honored. But above all. The one thing that this woman understood from the very beginning, from the very time that she was going in, is that she was a sinner and she was in need of a savior. That she was in a sinner and she was in need of love. Maybe she had no love. They said she was a sinful woman. Maybe people had taken advantage of her, saying they loved her but not really loved her. Maybe she had forgotten what love truly was. But it says now that she has come to Jesus, who is love, Because of her great love. What an awesome person. What an awesome woman that we can think of and think of ourselves here also. And I want you to think about this. When we give our lives to the Lord, it may not be easy at first. Some people may still see that old person and say, is that person Abby? Has she truly changed? I'm not saying you did anything, Abby, okay? Has she truly changed? Leco, have you truly changed? What are we supposed to do when those times come? Look what it says here. It says it in the verse after that. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And in verse 49, the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Forgives sins of a woman like this. Jesus Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Do you believe that Jesus can save you from your sin? Do you believe that Jesus has the power and authority to wash your sins away? Just as Paul, just as Ananias told Paul, what are you now waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away. Having a new conscience, a clean conscience before the Lord. Knowing what Jesus has done for us and living for him each and every day. And no matter what other people may say, has he truly been forgiven if it's in Jesus and you believe it and you come to obey him in his word? Yes, you have been saved. You have been forgiven. And don't let anyone take that from you. Don't let the talkers who remembered you the way you used to be. To talk so much that you get tired of and you want to go back to that life. Don't let the other guess, and that's the things, the others who think that they're okay. Don't let them get to the point to move you to forget from forgetting that you have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through faith. Living in obedience to him. What a great and awesome woman in the Bible that we can learn from. That we can grow from each and every day. But I want us to think about also all of these other women who have been such an awesome part of Jesus' ministry while he was here on the earth. Not only for him, but for the apostles as well. I think it is so great that John in his gospel, guided by the Holy Spirit, will write chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, after talking about the sinful woman. Earlier in chapter 7, he raises the the widow's son. Jesus is there seeing these women suffering and going through things and helping and forgiving and giving life to those. And in John chapter, in Luke chapter 8, I said John, I meant Luke, okay? And in Luke chapter 8, verse 1, it says this. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Praise God. The twelve were with him. 
and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, which means that she's from Magdalene, okay? It's not her last name, which I thought it was for a long time. But Mary of Magdalene, okay? Just like Jesus, the Christ, okay? Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, was with him. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, was unashamed to say, yes, I am Jesus. She was in the house of Herod. The most incorrupt family at the time of Herod's family. And she says, you know what? I've come out from Herod's family. I don't live that kind of style that my family lived. I now live for Jesus. And she was unashamed to live for Jesus. And it says, the manager of Herod's household, she was. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many, many others. I want us to think about it. A lot of times when we think of Jesus walking with his disciples, we only think of the men, 12 walking with them, and other men. But we want to think about how all those many women that were walking along with them as well, thinking of who Jesus is, seeing what he has done. And look what it says here. What were these women doing with Jesus? Were they just there looking like this? No, they were very active. It says these women were helping To support them, Jesus and the disciples and the twelve, out of their own means. Wow. What an awesome thought to know and think of. These women walking with Jesus, living a transformed life, living unashamed for Jesus, making such a great, an awesome impact on the kingdom of God. Women, thank you. God loves you. And I think we can see that God honors you and Jesus loves you and Jesus honors you. And we have so much that we need as men to learn from women. Just as these women were transformed by the power of the gospel, so we as men should be transformed by the power of the gospel. And so should we also be willing and really say, Jesus, here we are. How can we help? How can we help further your kingdom, Lord? And one of the great and most awesome thoughts that we can think of when we think of Jesus also at this time is the great honor that he gave the women on resurrection day. Look at Luke chapter 24 along with me here. Luke chapter 24 verses 1 through 11. And Jesus is here as he's being raised from the dead. Luke chapter 24 starting in verse 1 says this here. On the first day of the week very early in the morning. Very early in the morning. The, woman, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the, to the ground, but the man said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day he raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. I want you to think about it. 
These women who had walked by Jesus' side. In Luke chapter 8, we understand some of these women are Mary Magdalene, and another one is Joanna. Look who's here at this moment. Look who has walked with Jesus through all of his ministry from the time that they were healed by their diseases, healed in every way, walking with Jesus, seeing him being crucified, buried, preparing him for his burial, coming back the next day. And who is there and who are these women that are there? When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Verse 10. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Women, you were the first ones to say that Jesus has raised from the dead. And you know what? Sometimes we men don't listen real well, do we? Look what it says here. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. And sometimes men, we think women's words seem like nonsense, but they're not. Listen, you have lots to learn from your sisters in Christ. I have a lot to learn from our sisters in Christ each and every day. And then Peter and them went up into the tomb and saw that the tomb was empty. But God honored them again. Women who walked with Jesus. Women who were unashamed to be with him. When we think about it, and we think about our lives and think about this sinful woman and the life she lived before she knew who Jesus was. And then when she heard of who Jesus was and living a new life, she lived a new life from that day forward. Brothers and sisters, this evening, if we can learn anything from these women, let's learn to understand that we are sinners and we are in need of a Savior. That we are loved and we have one who loved us. That we have someone that we can lean on and that we can look to. And it's okay to bring our emotions to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He loves us. If we need to cry out to the Lord, let us cry out to the Lord. Let the tears fall if they need to fall. For then let Jesus wipe away our tears. Let Jesus be there. Let us be there for him unashamed each and every day. Just as the sinful woman was unashamed to go to Jesus, may we be unashamed to go to Jesus. May we be unashamed to talk about the saving grace of Jesus Christ that we have received so that others may receive it also. And just as these women did those three things, welcomed Jesus into their lives, welcomed him earnestly and sincerely and honored him, may we do the same. And when all of these things happen, we know at the end of our lives, just as Jesus honored these women who walked by his side, We have the crown of life in store for us. Amen. Tonight, if you need the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you believe in him, believe in his great and awesome power and what he has done for us. And Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all things. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus has set us the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus, will you enter into our hearts? Jesus is at the door. He's standing. He's knocking. And he's wanting your life. He's wanting you to run to him. And no matter what you've done in your life, you can be like this woman. Come to him unashamed. 
knowing the saving power of His grace. If you are in Christ Jesus tonight, and you're thinking, man, I've been ashamed of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, or man, I've been living sinfully in a way that I shouldn't. Lord God, help me not to take Your grace for granted. Help me to love You more. Lord God, He says there's He who's been forgiven little loves little, but He who's been forgiven much loves much. Lord God, help me to understand much more every day how much You love me because of the things that I've done, and yet You were still willing to say, I forgive you, Henry. I forgive you, Mark. And Lord God, may it get so deep that the more I want to do those things, the more I say, and we can say as that woman, she loved much. Imagine us on our last days, and Jesus looks to us, and somebody says, and what could he say to us? We, we understand that we are unworthy servants before him because of who he is. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And he says, you loved much. That means we really understood what forgiveness and grace was all about. The love the Father has for us. If you have any prayer requests tonight, come as we stand the scene. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.